0: FFM Productions presents Two Wild Orchids, not your mother's podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hello, uh, hello. I'm Sean Lee, <laughs> and I'm Lauren,
0: and we it's and we are the Two Wild Orchids. And this is the place you want to come for sex and fun.
1: And not botany.
0: And not flowers. That is not us. No.
1: We at least want to give us flowers. So
0: right as we were coming on, I was saying to Lauren, I'm having moments of anxiety. I really am, which I never have. I hate the word anxiety, first of all. Because I think biologically your body does whether you're excited or you're anxious, your body can't tell the difference. So it's all in your head. And I'm having an all in my head moment, okay?
1: To be fair, this is absolutely true. I am the anxious one in the relationship, and she is the more excited one in the relationship. So how Which she's means always explained. My way to more me. Fun. <laughs> she's like, listen, sweetie, it's the same reaction in your body. So just pick one of the feelings. And I'm like, Are you fucking serious? So if I feel anxious, I can be excited at the same time, she's like, uh huh. That's genius. Right? I have genius moments. Did you just hear my tumble dryer in the background? Because I think I might I eat. did
0: I did hear your tumble dryer in the background, okay. actually. It's fine. What is what are you gonna do? You have a dryer in the background. <laughs> you live like, in South oh, Africa. I live in South Florida. <laughs> shit happens. I refuse to stress about it because this has me too stressed. Okay, are you ready? Okay, I'm
1: I'm totally ready because this is such a weird space for you to be in. Just so that everybody knows, Sean does not do anxiety. She's amazing about not doing anxiety. I am anxiety central, and I go to her, and I'm like, please take it away, and she does.
0: Okay, so I have, like, so much to say today. It's very strange. And here's where I cause my own anxiety. In the beginning, right, people who knew me before knew me as a construction CEO, right? I had a construction company, I was a CEO. Then there were people who knew me when I got out of that space and I did all of this relationship work and all of this interpersonal work with my proclivities work, whether I was doing relationships or corporate. They knew me in that space. And it occurred to me that we're launching so that everyone is aware we've been recording several of these shows before the actual launch because we wanted to make sure that we never got behind,
1: and, and we so, also wanted to make sure that we could like speak together and it wouldn't be a complete actual clusterfuck on the night when we launched and they're like, who are these two idiots up on stage? Right. Which I hadn't gotten to that part yet. I'm skipping ahead for your you briefly.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I have no fear of being on stage, as you know, it's the <laughs> other stuff. So it's kind of interesting. I wrote a blog to a blog is the wrong word, maybe a letter. Let's language it that way to my old tribe. And I was thinking that I may record what I've written or I may send it out as a letter. I haven't gotten that far. But the end result is that I have this life mantra. And you know this to be true. And if you have ever gotten an email from me, it's at the bottom of all of my emails. And it says, if you live your life based on what other people think or say, you make really boring decisions. And I fucking believe that. I believe that shit to the core of me. Then when I started thinking about this show, as we're going to be speaking at FetCon, as all of this gets closer In and closer.
1: Petersburg. My love, we're
0: going to St. Petersburg. Fucking hey, I don't know where we're going. It's somewhere <laughs> on the west coast of Florida, wherever so not is, 2019. That's where we're going. The first word is
1: Saint. Fill in the last word. I don't okay. fucking know where we're going. Just so all my okay. friends know, we'll be at FedCon in St. Petersburg, where we will also be in St. Petersburg. As a small side note, for the insane architect, is at the Dali Museum. We're not going to talk about Lauren. We're not talking about her in the Dali Museum right now. Okay, so this is me St. Right, St. right now. I'm having, I'm having my it will be in Petersburg at FedCon.
0: So as that is approaching, as all of these elements are coming together, it's getting more and more apparent to me that I have to say something to my old tribe, to the tribe that was with me when I was putting out the proclivities work, to the tribe that watched me stumble through so much of the stuff with Jason and I. I have to tell them something. And going back to my life mantra, if you make decisions based on what people think or say, make boring decisions... I'm not scared of how they will react, I think, because I suspect they'll love me because they love me and they won't if they won't. And here's the thing. I truly don't care whether they love me or not. I hope they love me. I want them to love me. But if they don't, I'm powerless over that. And I totally get that. But where I'm having some anxiety is I don't want to appear scattered. And where I'm really sitting with myself right now, is the understanding, maybe you've had this, Lauren, maybe somebody listening has this. When we make decisions because they're good decisions for us, we get this idea like I'm going to start a podcast, or I'm going to open a bakery, or I'm going to become an internet marketer, or I'm going to get married, or whatever. We make a decision based on how it feels. It feels good to us. We make the decision, and then we tell people about it, and then they tell us what's wrong with it.
1: Agreed. But then you just said that you weren't afraid of how they no, feel, no, no, but no, actually no, no, no. you are. No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm just using that as, as the kind of the foundation of what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Some people go, congratulations, that's amazing. And you should have been doing this for years.
0: Agreed. For most people, whether it's your mother, your husband, your, your sister, your, whatever, your friends, whoever, everybody's got an opinion about how you can do whatever it is better. You're going to open a bakery and now your mom is going to try to tell you how to bake. Okay, even though you're a way better chef, yeah. Right? Okay, or you're going to try to do something, and your spouse is going to tell you how you can do it better, even though it's not what they do. Everybody has an opinion, and what I realized, and this is what I think, since I'm digging on me a little bit and in our little therapy session today, is that I guess for me it's the awareness that I have to, and I'm willing to admit to my tribe that when I was on my earlier shows. I was letting life dictate what direction I went. I was letting. As opposed to the other way around. Exactly. I was letting the events of my life, whether it was the problems between Jason and I or the proclivities work and the direction I wanted to go versus the people in the industry who told me I should go in another direction, whatever it was, I was letting the events of my life dictate the direction of my work in my proclivities work, my behaviors work, I pulled out of that work and said, I need a sabbatical. And from that yes. sabbatical, this, this podcast was born. Admittedly, if I go back to the very beginning, before I stopped being a CEO, before I dove so deep in the research, if I go back to the very beginning, where Jason and I fell apart at year 10 of our marriage, was in a sexual space. And so as my research evolved and all of my relationship work evolved, sex was a part of it that I extrapolated and did not include in the research. And there were several times along the way that I should, but I kept not doing it. And then of course the preceptor to you calling me and saying, we should do a podcast. And I think I told you this, but I'm not sure preceptor two days beforehand was that I'd gotten a text message from a business associate of mine that, well, I guess he's more of a friend than a business associate, but you get the gist. We talk maybe six mm. times a year, Sent me a text message and said, what's your opinion on butt plugs?
1: And I remember—I never told you that. I feel like you and I had a conversation about this, and then we went out and bought some. But no, 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 no,
0: no. This was two days before you called me and said, "Let's do a podcast."
1: No, 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 no. no. I know. I'm digressing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, no. no. Yeah, we did at one point. We had a conversation.
0: But this guy is not somebody that you that was involved in our shopping expedition. He's not Not somebody that, you know, he lives in another state. I speak to him maybe six times a year and we had not been having any text conversation. And one morning out of the blue, I get a text message that says, what's your feeling or what's your opinion on butt plugs? And I remember looking at the text thinking, well, that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) because I thought if somebody else got this message, they might judge him. But he felt comfortable enough to ask me. Because he didn't have anybody else he could ask that wouldn't make him feel bad about himself. Yeah. Like, why are you asking me that question? Exactly. So I called him up. We had a very nice conversation about butt plugs, different sizes, different types. blah blah. blah. And I hung up the phone. And that would be when I said to Jason, I should be talking about that. And then two days later, you called me and said, let's do a podcast. So understanding that that's the story behind it, that's how it drew me to that. It makes sense when you hear it. But when you look at where my show was before, my life with Sean Leisha, where you look at any of that stuff, it was all about interpersonal development, no doubt. Letting my life dictate it instead of really going in the direction that internally I was being pulled anyway. And, and
1: so I guess it's just that. you always, funny enough, said to me, like, the path of least resistance is where you should be going.
0: Yes. And I was not taking the path of least resistance. I was taking the path of what everybody else Told me I should be doing. And it's uncomfortable for me to say that.
1: Yeah. I've been doing it most of my life. I think everybody does it. I think everybody's been doing it most of the time. It's not a judgment on anyone. It's what we feel we need to do. It's what our parents' expectations of us are. It's what our partners' expectations may be of us. It's what society deems appropriate for you to do. I mean, there's any number of things why you go in or on a certain pathway. But sometimes, like we discussed last time, when you start getting all these signs and signals slash dodgeballs, it's like, oh, I might need to veer off this path and pick another one.
0: And I think it's true of anybody who goes through a midlife crisis, changes careers, changes jobs. Nobody wants to be seen as not having all of their shit together. And especially when you are in the information industry. In other words, when you're in an industry where you're sharing your knowledge, in theory, you're the fucking expert. You should have your shit together.
1: Yeah, but nobody can be an expert about everything. Right. But what I'm saying is. I mean, if you were super religious in this aspect, then you'd be God. Well, there's that. <laughs> Do you mean I'm not? No, anyway, I okay. don't but, know. But, I'd prefer you would. But I guess my point is
0: I'm just trying to, to recognize that I have to sit down with my tribe and I don't have any problem with them. They're safe. They're safe group. But I have to say to them, you know what? I wasn't inauthentic, but I wasn't being true to me either. Yeah, and but, I think they're not mutually exclusive.
1: I agree. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. Sort of an interesting predicament, but a lovely one, because your proclivities and what we talk about can actually go hand in hand. Yes, I know that. And someday it probably will. But right yeah, now, I, when I, I say to my proclivities
0: group and go, hey, guys, I know that this is what we talked about, and I'm not saying I'm out of it, and I'm not tabling it really, but we're going to talk about sex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean? I think they're going to totally be game because it's like, okay, awesome, because we get to play and we get to talk about sex.
0: Yeah, so I, you know, what, and that's it. I just kind of had to talk it out. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. One of the things that you and I talked about this week was the fact that we are getting ready to speak at Fetcon coming up. And the second, I'm not sure did we we didn't shoot a show because you started breathing into a wet a brown paper sack. The second <laughs> you found out, the second I know I got notified that we were speaking at Fetcon 2019 in Saint Petersburg. It's August 10th. If anybody going to be at Fetcon, we're speaking August 10th at six o'clock in the evening. In Saint Petersburg for at Fetcon, which is for those of you who don't know what Fetcon is, it's like you know Comic
1: Con. Well, now
0: this is like Fetish Con. That's what it stands for.
1: Oh, okay, so and for all the South Africans who don't understand what Fetcon is, because they weren't, it's like Sexpo. Okay, well there you go. Anyway, we're speaking. So it's a sex, fetish convention that. or a sex expo. Yeah.
0: Right. And so this sex expo, it's a four day convention and there's lots of classes and lots of vendors. And it's a big deal. And we have gotten selected, which I'm really excited about to speak on a topic called the ties that bind, which is going to be our sex stuff, which is going to be our proclivity stuff, but it's going to have that fetish kink spin. And it's going to be about how to communicate and connect better with your partner when they're just an asshole.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> or You're too afraid to ask for something and we can give you the tools to ask for it. Says the one who was breathing in the wet paper
0: sack. I'm going to let her define the tools.
1: for. (laughs) I'm I'm not defining the tools. I'm going to say what we're going to be discussing. The possibility of me breathing into a brown paper bag while on stage is still very high at this stage. (laughs) Just so that everybody's aware of that. So I did not expect you to have the freak
0: out that you had. I really didn't. I was so excited. That I immediately forwarded you the email. And from that moment on, Lauren left the building. And Lauren's (laughs) scared shit ego showed up and put on a cape and a ballerina Uh, and point uh, shoes and her architect ruler and stood in front of everybody and said, But I'm a ballerina architect. (laughs) And I said, But you're going to be fine. Yeah, we're not talking to her at the moment. So that's fine. We've all been there. We've all been there, right? We've all gotten scared shitless and gone. Ah, and then our ego comes out, and you know, I always think about my ego, and it's like she stands there with like a Wonder Woman cape with her hands on her hips and goes, dun dun dun. And she'll say to me, Sit down, I got this. Okay. <laughs> and when she takes over, there's not a damn thing I can do. Okay. No. sit down and let
1: her run crazy. Yeah. It's like sit down and shut up, and you're like, This is a show that I don't really want to be watching, but it's happening. But it's happening, and I can't seem to make my mouth stop moving.
0: And so. <laughs> I was think about that then my ego's like sit down I got this and I'm like no no I got no sit down."
1: okay <laughs> no, no 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 it's totally fine no, oh shit <laughs>
0: exactly right <laughs> exactly right and so Lauren's ego stood up and stayed there for two days you guys yeah two no, straight days
1: it, it was not ideal guys it, it really I, wasn't <laughs>
0: I just sat there and watched it spin like it was like if I, if you'd been in front of me, it would have been like one of those childhood tops, you know, the kind you push down on that. Thing That's exactly takes what off. I was
1: thinking. No, I was thinking the ones we used to have to wrap a string around. and Yes. Then you'd pull and the you string pull it. Really quickly and we will yes,
0: <laughs> Yes. forever and ever. Yeah. That is what it was like watching you. It really was exactly like that. So it must well, have felt that no, way. That's your, I tell that's you your what,
1: imagery. thank you, lucky stars, that you couldn't actually watch me. You just <laughs> heard me. So <laughs> You know what? I Thank Let's, God you lived in South Africa. Exactly. <laughs> it was like only across the telephone because you were like, holy motherfucking goddamn yes. shitballs. Yes, that's exactly what it felt <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this woman?
0: Yeah, but I mean, and I think, but it was a really great opportunity for us to talk about the fact that you're not perfect, and I'm not perfect, and we fuck up a lot. I'm
1: sorry, what are you talking about? Of course I'm perfect, obviously. Um. I know, clearly,
0: <laughs> clearly. Oh, shit, here she comes again. Guys, hi. Okay, so, you know, Everybody get out I of mean, the room with those on your yeah. way. It really is. Because I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, if I look at my life from a clinical or not clinical, I guess just an objective perspective. Okay. You and I are doing this podcast. We've had some successes in our, in our, we, I guess me and all my people, me and all my multiple personalities, but I'm not, I'm just kidding folks. The point is, is I've had some successes in my life and those successes have led me to great failures and led me to even bigger successes, blah, 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 like anybody but it's the big failures I think that we all focus on. And I speak on relationships and my husband and I are in marriage counseling. What does that mean? Does that mean we don't have a good relationship or does that mean we're both willing to work on the relationship?
1: I think it's the latter because I think have talked about this a number of times on the podcast. The premise of a good relationship is communication. So no, even if it's sort of like negative communication, like, okay, well I don't really like it when you do that or yes, you exactly. You have to have the yes and no's. It's like for some people, Silence is the worst kind of discipline you can give them. Silence is violence. Yes. Yes. So if you're not talking, you are literally physically and emotionally abusing them.
0: Yes. And for me, silence is like violence. Silent treatment? Yeah. Oh, don't do that shit, man, because I'm not
1: about it. You'd rather be having a conversation, even if it is perceived as a negative one, than none at all.
0: Yes, and? There are times when you have to pull out of the conversation and go, you know what? There's too much going on here. Everybody pull out and need a break. Like
1: yes, need a there. break. Yeah. Let's take a step back. I need to sort of realign my thoughts and go, okay, cool. I still want to continue this, but not right now. In well, and that's minutes, what I did with my work, right? Hours. I just
0: pulled out. Yeah. yeah. I took a break and pulled out and said, okay. What is really my life looking like? What's really happening here? And the same thing I think you have to do in relationships. But it just really made me think about, you know, when you do a podcast, when you do a Facebook live show, when you have any type of any type of public information, people have to understand we're just, you know, they're just like you. You're just like them. And everybody has the same shit. Yeah, it
1: just and happens on a different day. It on a different day. Yeah, right. <laughs> because if it happens on the same day, you and I are so fucked. <laughs> if it happens on the same day, we're going to hope that it's not a live show, because yeah. otherwise we can yeah. do it tomorrow. Somebody in the audience is gonna stand up and be like, "Okay, you kids need to calm the fuck down. Take a five-minute break. <laughs> <laughs> and get back on stage." Be like, yeah. Thank you. it's like I want we my money." Exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: And so I'm excited about Fetcon now that you've had a couple of days to process it. Thank you for letting me process that because now I know what to say to my tribe when I go on live later today. So now that we've done that and you've had a couple of days to process your speaking on stage in front of actual human beings,
1: how you doing? I'm super
0: excited. Good,
1: good. At the same time, I am going to walk on stage with a brown paper bag
0: just in case just in case you want to throw up. Okay, we can get you one of those airline kinds, just you know, that way they've got a line.
1: No, no, no The airline <laughs> kinds don't actually work. I've thrown up in one of them. It still leaks out. It's not a good idea. No. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. You're that person on a plane
0: nobody wants to sit next to? I've never See, traveled with you. you. You've sat with me, like,
1: the smell of oh, coffee makes me throw up. And now I'm stuck in a magic tin can when everybody's drinking, A, during the course of the day Bloody Mary's, which tomato juice is disgusting, and then B, in the morning, coffee. Uh, do you think 36 hours in the next 48 hours of my life is the most fun I'm going to have? Absolutely. Fuck. Maybe not. you
0: should wear one of those surgical masks. A, nobody will talk to you because they think you have a disease, and B, you can't smell anything.
1: That is a very good point.
0: Just saying. I'm about the solution, not the problem. <laughs> I like it. You wanted to talk about
1: orgasms today, which I find an interesting topic. We wanted to both talk about orgasms, and I wanted to interject very quickly when you were talking about your concern about discussing what you're currently doing with your old tribe.
0: I don't want them to feel like I let them down from the earlier work I did. I guess that's what it comes down to.
1: But it also feeds into and this this will go to our orgasms discussion, it feeds into why a lot of women can't necessarily orgasm because of this inherent fear of doing something wrong or letting someone down.
0: Yes. I don't know that it's an inherent woman fear as much as it's an inherent people fear.
1: Well, it is more prevalent in females than it is in males because for males to have an orgasm is a lot more mechanical. It is eventually going to happen. Right. Right. Whereas, whereas for females, you you can pound away for hours, and I'm just going to be like, really. That's interesting because <laughs> what you just
0: said. So, there's a wonderful book. I think I told you I read it called "She Comes First. and I'll put a link to the book in our in our show notes so people can buy the book if they want to, um, because it's a great book. And I've listened to it on Audible and I learned lots of things about my vagina. But one of the things that he brought up, which I thought was, how did nobody talk about this, right? And maybe wait, they did Wait, wait, wait.
1: The book is written by a male?
0: I know, right? I know.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Okay. It's called She Comes First.
1: C-U-M-S
0: or C-O-M-E-S? C-O-M-E-S. She comes, okay. to like I said, there'll be a link in our show notes, but anyway, because he, he was not a Casanova, he was not this great lover, he was kind of, you know, a premature ejaculator who didn't know what the fuck he was doing, so he had to learn, He learned to learn oral really, really well, okay, that's the kind of the, the synopsis of how he got into this position of writing this book, but one of the things that he talked about was the perception of men when they say things like, you know, I fucked the shit out of her, man, we fucked for hours, there is nothing in our vagina that can make us
1: orgasm <laughs> that way.
0: There's no, do you see what I'm No,
1: There's no mechanics. It's no like boom, 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 boom. Okay. Wow. Fireworks. Nope. Right. That drilling
0: emotion is not going unless you hit the G spot exactly. And then there's a whole discussion about this,
1: but the point of it, I was is- going to say there's a whole discussion about the G spot, which we can touch on because I'm not a believer in. I'm a fucking believer in. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay. But that doesn't mean I have them very often, but I've had them and I'm fascinated by how they work, by the way. Hold on. But anyway, the point of it is the idea of male penetration is it's an in and out motion. And when you think about where our vagina opening is in the vulva, when you think about where our opening is versus where the head or the tip, the, the thing that most people think is the clit, which by the way, the clit is huge, you guys. And there's 18 different places on it that you can have sensation. Did you know that?
1: Well, it's not like always huge. It just is a large area of nerve endings. No, the whole organ is big. Look it up. Look up a picture like, of a clitoris. Like it, it's okay, shaped like, like a in, wishbone. Internally, it's like an iceberg.
0: Small right, on the exactly. top, big on the bottom. Exactly. It's should picture a wishbone. And that top part of that wishbone is the part that, that you see. Everything. You see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So all of that to say, That There's 18 different spots in our vagina that has clitoral nerve endings. But when you think about the opening of our vagina, that in and out motion is not where our clit is. So you're not really the odds of even making us come that way are kind of slim.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay. And so. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry, girls. Sorry, guys. Well, girls know this
1: because they have vaginas too. When they play with each other, they know this. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's a whole combo of things you can do because we like you being inside of us. It feels this good. This is no not, doubt. yeah. This is not saying we don't like. We love you inside of us.
0: Our bodies like penetration. So for I'm thinking for lesbians who are listening, they don't want to do like get the penis away from me and we'll, well leave like talk about a vibrator. Strap-ons
1: anyway. Well, exactly. No, so. I told
0: you this. That's I. I told you. I talked to a bunch of lesbians. I don't think as many use strap-ons. Remember, we're going to run a study on this.
1: Well, that's what cons for.
0: Right. We'll do a study on strap-ons. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, men think that pounding us for longer periods of time are going to get us to this orgasmic place when it takes a man on average, like, I don't know, three minutes or some shit to prepare for orgasm. And for us, it's 20 minutes.
1: And that's including like, we need the foreplay. This guy
0: calls it core play, which I thought was an interesting way of looking at it. Instead of looking at it as a precursor to penetration, to re-language sex in the whole thing. Is part of sex.
1: Okay, but core play in terms of he's saying the core area that you need to concentrate on is down there, or no. core in terms of you are specifically doing that because it's going to become a sexual act? No,
0: not the way I understand it. And if he's listening, he's welcome to call in and we'll have him on the show. The way I, and I have the book in front of me because I have it on fucking Audible and I don't, I can't reference it, which is frustrating. What he basically talked about with core play was the idea that cunnilingus is not foreplay. Blowjobs are not foreplay. Kissing Agreed. is not foreplay. They're Every part bit of, of it the sexual is, act. is part of the sexual act. exactly. Yeah. Which is why he, he languaged it as core play, which I thought, well, that that because a lot of times I think people think that, that, okay, if I go down on him and he goes down on me and then we have sex, that nothing really happened until we started with the penetration part of it, which is ridiculous because it takes us 20 minutes to even get in a place where we could orgasm.
1: We're just talking average here. I mean, some yes. could get there for 10, some could take 45, some could never get there. But exactly. I do like the idea of the core play because when I've had partners, we'll sext all day or we'll send a naughty photo. Right, exactly. Or, or we'll do something. So by the time we get home… You're climbing like, walls. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, mm-hmm. get my clothes off in, you know, five fucking seconds and do whatever you want right now.
0: right. And I think that's important for people to remember, especially if you've been in a relationship a really long time. And Jason and I, for example, have been in a relationship together for almost, well, it's 20 years we've been together. We've been married almost 19 years. And so it is important whether or not you are brand new in a relationship or you've been, and I think it's more important if the relationship has some longevity, to flirt again, to remind yourselves to flirt and to...
1: Go back to that kind of juvenile hit in the clouds type of space sometimes. Well, and if you do that, it's like, it, that's when it becomes, I think, the most important. If you
0: flirt with your partner and create that dynamic of sexual energy and tension and passion, even when life sucks, even when you're not agreeing about the kids, even when, you know, he loses his job, she loses her job, money's tight, whatever. If you have that, I will say that for me and Jay, that's the one thing with us no matter how shitty things have gotten between us. Sometimes we've always had a lot of sexual chemistry and that sometimes has been the glue that's held us together while we work the other shit
1: out. And this is an interesting topic actually, because I was going to say it's lovely that that is a base because there are lots of things in a relationship that are bases. Like I've been in a relationship where the base of our relationship was that we were both in very successful positions at work. So when one of us was not,
0: The relationship relationship failed.
1: Yes. Or if the basis of the relationship is children.
0: We got married because we had a baby or we got, right. Or we're staying together for the children.
1: What I like about the base of a relationship, or at least one of the aspects of the base of a relationship to be sex, is that no matter what situation you are in, that is something that you can always do together.
0: Yes. You can always go back to that. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. And so given the fact that it takes women longer to orgasm, I think the expectation has to be set.
1: You know what I mean? Yes. But at the same time, it's like the core play. If you have been spending the whole day kind of sexting me or sending me naughty photos or whatever, by the time I get home, I'm like, take my clothes off and... Do whatever the hell you need, because it's not going to take me twenty minutes. a trust. <me. laughs> well, OK, so I agree with you. The other thing
0: that I think that what you're saying with this whole idea of sexting and texting all day long is you, you're making it a priority. So I know that, that yes, very often exactly. when I when I would speak to groups before we started doing the sex podcast and I would talk about sex. I mean, the only thing I ever really talked about sex before was the idea of don't use it as a weapon. Don't use it as a pawn in your marriage. It is not a bargaining chip or uh, any of that shit, right? Yeah, no, it it, it is none of the above. Right, but I would get women who would go, I'm tired or I have the kids to take care of or any of this kind of stuff. And so my position on that will always be, if if I decided to be a relationship anarchist and never had another long-term relationship in my life that had any type of titles to it, this one would stand true. And that is to make sex a priority in any relationship because everything else is mutable. So my son, for example, is a 24 year old polyamorous gay man. And he knew from a very young age that if mommy and daddy had the door shut, you better be bleeding in the house. Better be on fire. (laughs) Do not go inside. (laughs) Right. You know, but I mean, it wasn't, he was old enough. He was old enough to know I'm talking like 10 or 11. I'm not talking four or five, but the point of it is Mm -hmm. you don't knock on the door. And if you knock on the door, it better be worth it <laughs> because no, but that I think time was important I mean, to us.
1: Yes. Yeah. And translating that is because from a societal norm point of view, when you get married, you get married and your marriage is important. And then you have kids and your kids, they're important. And then you buy the house and the white picket fence and the two Labradors. And listen, obviously, I'm simplifying it to the point of ridicule. But none of that equation is ever the idea that you maintain your sex life, that it's also a priority.
0: It has to be.
1: You it's know, not I can like your marriage is going to fail if it's not a priority. Right. So that goes back to like, your marriage has to be our priority.
0: When people have yes, children, they, have, they tend to make the children the priority or the careers yes, or the two-point. I'm with you, right?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Society has given us all of these priorities. And at the moment, sex is not on that list of priorities. And I'm not talking sex isn't just the banging. Like talking about sex, having those intimate moments, yeah. lying in bed together, and just going like I'm so happy in this moment because we get ten minutes together. Yeah, while or, the kids are sleeping.
0: Like, right, or in whatever the, the case. Getting is. ready for work, bending her over the kitchen, get the bathroom counter in the morning as she's getting ready. Five minutes, just that yeah. connection whether she has an orgasm or you have an orgasm, or he has an orgasm. I said, I guess we're talking to men today, you know, or whoever has an orgasm.
1: The point or neither is, of you, just the contact you. that you want exactly of going, right. this it is matters. what I want. I want you. This is what matters in my life. Right. You and then you matter. go to work with that knowledge. Yeah.
0: I think, I think you're right. I think that orgasm is a big part of it. And I'm with you on the women. Well, how old were you when you had your first orgasm?
1: I was in my late 20s, to be
0: honest. I was 19. Yeah, and I, I thought well I was so done old. for you. That's, that's great. No, but
1: the let thing is, I was until like, I I was five. I was seven. I was nine. What? No. I'm like, I'm, I'm, let me clarify I could masturbate and make myself cum. I couldn't till so I was 19. Penetrative sex and orgasm only once I got married.
0: As a matter of fact, I was married because my first marriage, I was 18 when I got married. So there you go.
1: No. I, okay. I started masturbating, I think, when I was 17.
0: We were late bloomers, apparently. Let me just say
1: that. Hey, to be fair, I, started, I need started, my first period was when I was 18. What? So oh, imagine. That's right. That's yeah, that ballerina <laughs> architect shit. Yeah. Let me come first before I actually start bleeding.
0: Good God. Are you serious? Wow. <laughs> well, that must I'm, have been very nice for you through junior high. <laughs> oh, but you were struck by lightning. Don't forget. You have a lot of there's a whole lightning shit. You know, God, it's like God's bonus package. You didn't have to have a period all through, you know, you didn't have to suffer the humiliation of hey. high school. Okay.
1: Oh, Seriously. And to be fair, like when I had my period, I was like, okay, this is my period. That's great because I should be having it. But then obviously because I was dancing, it was like, oh, well, this will come every six years. I'm like, okay, that's great. Yeah, so it's a bonus package. You got struck by lightning. This is another part of your bonus package. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Let's kind of go back. I want to make sure we, we cover this. I think this is- Yes, yeah, sorry. We do digress a
1: bit, but yeah.
0: You are totally
1: out on the idea of- T-spot orgasm. Okay. I'm not totally out on it. I just don't sort of fundamentally believe in it on the basis that obviously the clitoral orgasm- Is an orgasm. We can all do that. If you were a woman who can make yourself orgasm, I would say 75 to 80% of you are doing it via the clitoris. Yes. Stats show that is absolutely true. Yeah.
0: And then there's the other ones.
1: And then there's the other one. And like we said earlier, the vaginal penetration, while it's wonderful and it's got a great sensation, doesn't have that sort of build up to a volcano sensation.
0: No, <laughs> this is where I'm going to stop you. I'm challenging you on this one, and only yeah. because I had a I had a girlfriend who showed me how. Like I didn't believe it either because I was like I
1: don't get it. But here's what happened. Seriously, are you are you fucking serious? That you I had a girl wearing the God That she, you. Okay, this is great because I'm going to literally lash you when I get there now. Why? I, I. You know who it was.
0: Yeah, you you couldn't have shown me. I did. That's when I gave you that one vibrator thing. Remember the little purple vibrator and you said, oh, I like that. Remember that thing? Yeah, yeah, It's but skinny it's still, and it's got kind of an angle. Yeah, 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 but it's still, no. Okay,
1: yeah, but the that's point is, G-spot, okay, so the G spot, okay, that's a G spot yeah. vibrator. Because it's supposed to be in the front of your wall, like like one to no. two inches away from the okay, vagina. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you No, no.
0: Stop it. You you can't talk about it if you've never done it. Let me back I'm up. No, no. Okay?
1: Like a reading really bloody, you know, mysterious Wikipedia stuff on it because I've never had one. That's okay, not like so,
0: Well, okay. So here's the thing. If you've ever squirted, then you've had your G-spot
1: stimulated. So that, that's quick. great. Okay, have I so, ever squirted? Have you? I don't know. You know the answer to this? The answer is no. Oh, fuck. I didn't know
0: that. We'll, we'll make sure that happens. Don't worry. We, it will not be happening at FedCon on August 10th <laughs> yeah. on
1: stage. Not so clear. On stage. I will still have okay. a brown paper bag and be breathing into it. <laughs> right. Okay. But Nazis the point is, is right, on so
0: stage. there was this girl that I was in a relationship with, a brief one, and she was 99.999% lesbian, which I always thought this is, you know, how you talk about your bonus package. To me, this is like God's joke. Okay. Because, <laughs> because she could only have an orgasm. Through penetration. She's 99% lesbian and can only have an orgasm through penetration. I just thought that was always very ironic and funny, but
1: I have to address.
0: So, okay. So here's what I learned. When we have a clitoral orgasm, and this has only been through my own observation, right? And of myself and and you and other women, okay, is that this? There's a buildup and goes bang, and then it's kind of intense, and it doesn't last, let's say, if it lasts 15 30 seconds, let's say, right? That's a long time. Let's just put it yeah. in perspective. Okay. When I have myself had and seen people have the G-spot orgasm, the buildup is longer. It takes a shit ton longer to get there, but the orgasm itself is minutes long. And I'm not even lying. Minutes okay. upon minutes upon minutes long.
1: A, we're basically talking about female orgasms because we have just relegated you guys to be like, bump and grind, you can come, which seems a bit unfair because I do know a few men and I had a very interesting conversation on Saturday night about men who just do the bump and grind and they're like, nothing's happening. It's like throwing a sausage down a hole.
0: Wow. That's an interesting language. Throwing a sausage
1: down a hole. Okay. just Hmm. There's echoes, nothing else. The size of the penis and the Kegel exercises that the women do. And think about a hot dog and a roll, like they fit together really well. But if one's too small or one's too big, it's just not a very good barbecue.
0: Wow, that is interesting because I actually did research. I forget why I was looking something up. I think it was for sex toy reviews. I think that's what it was. I was looking up some of the sex toy reviews and I was looking up kegels and the efficacy of them there's a by the way there's a shit ton of kegel toys because people don't do them right because they can't find that muscle kind of thing but
1: anyway how, how can you not find that muscle every time you need to pee and you go mm, that's the muscle
0: but unless people are peeing so it, it has you know why you don't believe that or you have problem because you did a ballerina i get what you're saying is because when you're an athlete like a ballerina or like a bodybuilder you have to be able to activate certain muscles at certain times no, it listen, makes you very I can body aware. my Kegel muscle. No, 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 you're not. No, no, no. It makes if you very you body well. aware. But there are a lot of people who didn't do that, so they're not as body aware, so they can't find their Kegel muscle.
1: It's literally that one, like, you got to pee, and you've got to, like, clench it in before you pee. That's it. Right.
0: Anyway, there was a whole thing on whether or not it was valid, and I was reading about it, and the discussion was, somebody asked, can a vagina get stretched out? And the short answer is No. <laughs> but well, that that's is because, a very
1: exciting answer
0: <laughs> right the short answer is no because okay, our bodies no, are designed to spread and have a baby
1: well okay th- so this is where i was going with this because listen like you've had a baby yes. i have not had a baby in my mind my vagina is beautiful and it's small and it's super tight <laughs> and you know the hot dog and the sausage are like having a great time at this goddamn barbecue right after so you've had a kid you got have to think first of all let's be clear clitoris
0: is the only organ on men or women that is a hundred percent designed for pleasure, it has no other function, okay, so
1: okay we'll wait, wait backtrack on that because men don't have
0: a clitoris no, so they do not so, but every part of their body has a secondary function, except the clitoris. The clitoris is the only organ that the sole function of it is pleasure. I'm telling you, we were God's favorites.
1: well, maybe in your case, she or he hated me.
0: No, they didn't. They gave you the bonus package of the perfect tits and you didn't have your period during during high school. Knock it off.
1: Superpowers. Woo! I need a cake. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, right. I know, right, but not when you are gonna speak in public. So, anyhow, maybe the point is, is that women who give birth, but remember, think about our body. Okay, look at Victoria Beckham. Let's just play with this. Do you think Victoria Beckham, after how many babies she had with what's his name, would have like a stretch down? Victoria out-
1: Beckham. Yeah. No. But I feel like sunroof all the fucking way, so don't worry about her hips expanding. What did you just say? I said sunroof, c-section, mean? Sun, see, sunroof. I don't c-section. think, I don't think she, I don't think she had a c-section. I'm gonna Google this so quickly. Yeah, see if Victoria Beckham had
0: c-sections. But the point is, millions of women everywhere have more than one child. Your vagina does not get stretched out except when said child is being birthed, and then that's only for a little bit of time. It's not like the kid lands down there and hangs out in in, in the opening of your vagina.
1: Oh, look at that. Her fourth (laughs) C-section. Yeah, That bitch's hips aren't going anywhere if she's getting a sunroof. Not a fucking chance. (laughs) A sunroof. I've never heard
0: such a thing. It's an expression it. It's a great expression. But the point is, your vagina is stretched just long enough, birth said baby, and be done. And then everything goes, Now think about it, Okay. And if you want to we check like, it? It's like there's so it, many
1: ladies that I'm like, I had to have stitches there. It didn't work that the same in- way afterwards. Okay. Well, I didn't have any
0: stitches. I didn't have any of the tearing. So I can't tell you. Apparently, you know, my vagina is like stretch Armstrong. That just spreads it out, shoots out a kid, taps it back up, and says, okay. We're done.
1: We are so <laughs> fucked right now on the basis that I haven't had kids. So I'm like, I've got the tiniest vagina and the hot dog and the roll go together. Your vagina went back to being the hot dog and the roll meet each other at a barbecue. And everybody else's one who didn't is going to now email us and be like, you motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. If you don't feel like your vagina went back to the hot dog and the roll, I'd love for you to send us a message about it and go to our website, twowildorchids.com, and send us a message about it. Because if that's true, I happen to know there's surgeons that fix that shit
1: because I think people believe that, but I think it's a racket. No, no, no. I disagree. It's not because my best friend had her baby and it was amazing. He popped out within like 17 minutes, like literally, yay. Thanks for coming, sweetie. I was at the gym doing squats and my water broke type of thing. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. And then it was like, ooh, daddy, you need to take me to the hospital. He popped out. He was totally fine. He was a few weeks prem, but she got torn, and he was premature. Okay. So So, she's like, I still had stitches. Well, but you have to – okay. When you
0: get here, we're going to have a lesson on where the stitches actually go.
1: Yeah, no,
0: no, that's just a No. We're gonna we're gonna have a little. I'll just I'll just I'll just draw you a picture. I'll show you where this
1: oh, is oh, Okay, so so that all of our best friends know. Like Lauren is on her way to being thirty six. She's married. She's divorced. She never wanted children. She still does not want children. So when Shanley is going to show her what happens when you have children, <laughs> Shanley and Lauren's relationship is probably going to disintegrate quite quickly. <laughs> Because if I should decide to ever want another baby,
0: which I kind of do, and if, I just, if my body says I can't have it, guess who I'm tagging?
1: Oh, yeah, I know. That's really fun. You can tag me on Facebook and I'll just move to Australia. <laughs> so getting back to orgasms, here's the thing.
0: There is a difference. I have had both. Let me say this. Having had both, having had a clitoral orgasm and a G-spot orgasm, I can guarantee you there's a 100% difference in the way that they feel.
1: Can I interrupt very quickly because there's also one called a blended one because I thought they were the only, the two. No, there's technically, they say there's an argument if there's three. I guess. Yes. Like I like the argument for three because obviously I know what my clitoral orgasm feels like, but then when you have that kind of like body shaking, oh my God, what's happening? I've had one of those my entire life and I can promise you. Five minutes have passed. I feel like that might be a G-spot one or like a combo of both of them.
0: So what you're describing, as I understand it, and again, I'm, I have absolutely no data fucking in front of me because, you know, I had this on my Audible, not on a book. But anyway, what I think you're describing is, and maybe if you Google it, I think it's called a uterine orgasm, like your well, uterus. It,
1: they call it, the term is a blended one, because what happens is all of the muscles in your uterus basically contract, like almost as if you're giving birth, but like a really pleasurable birth <laughs> That's known as like a blended one where like, you know, your clit and your G-spot are like, hey, let's have a fucking party. Okay. I've had one of those
0: and I can say this. Oh, my God. If I knew how to duplicate that,
1: I would never leave the house. I would never fucking leave the house. (laughs) Well, but the thing about that one is, is what it needs is it needs the penis and it needs the clitoris at the same time.
0: No, it needs
1: Penetration penetration okay, okay sorry so penis, penis is the wrong term it can well, be well because remember i remember my friend a lesbian who it who, can be <laughs> a strap on it can be you know one it can be your two fingers. fingers it can be is, anything it can be whatever yeah yes it, it needs the penetration plus the stimulation on the top at the same time
0: so i don't remember what it needed i just remember when it fucking happened i felt it eyeballs from, yeah yeah and afterwards, I just laid there going, "What the hell? What? Wow. Can but, we do that again?" i would like, yeah, "Like,
1: what the fuck just happened?"
0: Yeah, what the fuck just happened? Can I do it again? And if I can't do it again, can somebody show me how to do it later? I mean, seriously. Yeah.
1: So the I, thing I had about that time, it was astonishing. Women are predisposed to have an inability not to orgasm. That's like how I do that. Again. Wait one more time. What is we're what, what, what? We are just predisposed. Not to orgasm. So our DNA, and not like our inherent DNA, just the kind of societal DNA, what we've learned from when we were kids. Just we, like our programming. Yes, exactly. That's the okay. correct term. We are programmed not necessarily to orgasm. Okay, I'll play. Why do you think so? For that various is? reasons. Because for some people, like, type A's or what you'll call me a lighter is like we like to have control. Okay. And if I've got no control over a situation, it means I'm not letting go. And if I'm not letting go, it possibly means I'm not having an orgasm.
0: Which I think that when you are the first time that you have sex with somebody, well, so I had a friend who really struggled with this, is that she would say, I have to trust you. I think you're right because women in general have been trained through our societal whatevers to make life nice and easy for the people in our life, whether it's the guy we're dating, well, or yeah, we're whether raising, it's right? a
1: male or female or, you know, friend or right. aunt or uncle. It's the sort of the excessive control over our emotions. In my mind, for me is the inability to disconnect with what my day has been like versus what's currently happening right now.
0: So if we were going to give some tools for people who are in long-term relationships, who maybe she doesn't come every time and maybe he's like, look, I thought I knew what she needed. And then all of a sudden she's not having orgasms or she's saying, what the fuck's wrong with me? How come I'm not coming anymore when we're having sex? So, but I think you raise a really strong point here when you say the ability to disconnect from your day and to reconnect with what's going on right now. I think that part of that is what you suggested earlier, which was the idea of foreplay. If we're going to call it that, of the texting and the sexy photos and the whatever it is you do throughout your day. yeah,
1: The foreplay, the core play. Yeah. Or or just, I mean, even if it, it doesn't necessarily have to be any sexy kind of stuff, it's just an interjection in your day. That is not what you're doing right now. Like, okay. So for example, like I'm dating a guy right now and I am obsessed with Winnie the Pooh. Like, I love Winnie the Pooh. I grew up with him. I have like Winnie the Pooh mugs in my house. It's just, yeah. yeah. So he knows that if I'm super stressed or something's happening in my life, he'll send me like a little Winnie the Pooh gif. Okay. And I'll just watch it. And I'll be like, (sighs) and it'll give me that five minutes of my life to take a breath and go, you know what? There is something or somebody else in my life thinking about me. Yes. And then I can go back to my work. And, there are and then ways- I can get home to him and be like, thank you so much for sending that. And then it's automatically a topic of conversation. Now we've disconnected from our work life
0: mm-hmm. because
1: of one little aspect that happened during the course of the day. So you're really talking about flirting as well. I'll acknowledge that sort of like social media and flirting via social media is completely fucking foreign to me. You're better at than I am, even though you're older. So I like the just general conversation of flirting. I did call you older. You are. <laughs> I, <was like, laughs>
0: I am older only by like 20
1: minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, only by 20 minutes. But she's, she's got better boobs and like way better skin, but she's still older. I so. was not struck by lightning and I had <laughs> menstruation from,
0: I had my periods of 10, so clearly God did not like me as much. Okay. But no, you know, it's interesting that you say that because what you said is really important in that.
1: Any couple has their own unique language and their own unique culture, and so yeah. So I was I was going to call it a thing, but you're right. A language and a culture is the way to put it. We have our thing. He knows me. He knows. So what distracts me from my current tornado of stuff is a Winnie the Pooh something.
0: But what we have to remember is that very often our partners are idiots. <laughs> Whether you're dating a guy married to a girl doesn't matter. Like our partners don't know what we want if we don't tell them. So for me, for example, like Jason's not big on words, but he knows they're important to me. So he will send me an, I love you text or a really nice text that tells me something that he's feeling about me in whatever moment of the day. And you're right. It's that little
1: interruption
0: that says, Hey,
1: it's the tiny little interruption. And what that interruption says is in the most basic language, I'm thinking about you. And, and if you're thinking means about you're me, it means, that night. No, it means you're important to me. Right. And it also means you're probably going to have an orgasm that night. In, yeah. If I'm important to you, mm-hmm. then trust me. When I get home and you want me to do something, how important do you want me to be exactly? Exactly. So the,
0: gi- the gist of this, though, is also everything you have the one side. He texted you the Winnie the Pooh thing. Jason sent me the I love you text, whatever is happening. It's always a good idea if somebody does that with you to, to find ways to reciprocate it. Because I know for me, I tend to yes, be less no. yeah, I was say, reciprocatory. Yeah, but let's look at this for just a second here at the people who aren't getting those. Let's just let's play with that for a second. If that never happened, if he never sent you the Winnie the Pooh text, if I never got the I love you text from Jason, what would the relationship look like? What would your orgasms look like? What would your sex life look like? And the answer well, like, to that is she's like shit.
1: I was going to say it would look like shit. It would look like absolutely nothing because right. there had been in my mind with my own opinion, with no scientific belief behind it. that You had not connected on any way whatsoever.
0: Right. And so your relationship reflects, every part of you reflects what you're doing in it. Your body reflects. Yeah, but
1: you're willing to give what you're willing to do, yeah.
0: So the point I'm trying to make here is, if you are a woman or a man, and you want to have better orgasms, or you want to have more sex, or you want to have better sex, or you want to have intimacy that you're not having, which is the whole point of this dialogue really, then you can't wait for them to do it. Like one of the things that you said, Uh, was, you know, he sends me texts of Winnie the Pooh. And I know that this morning, Jason sent me an I love you text, you know, that doesn't stop us from going to marriage counseling and fighting it out in there. He's doing his effort in this. So my point of it is to say, if they're not doing it, then you do it and you might have to do it a hundred times before they do it once.
1: But I also think there's a very big part of this that we're not addressing. Okay. If you are, too afraid to do it with your partner, then you probably shouldn't be with that partner. I disagree with you. Okay, let's play.
0: Okay, I disagree with you. Every relationship is cyclical and sometimes you're, you're riding high and sometimes you're down in the dumps and sometimes you're riding high and sometimes you're down in the dumps. And there are many things about you that require safety. So say you're married for 25 years, let's so say you're married for 50 years and the relationship has been what it's been and all of a sudden one of them cheats. Well, now the relationship is fundamentally changed and whether or not they go back to it, but in this moment today, the relationship has fundamentally changed. So the first time they make love again, let's assume he's the cheater for the sake of discussion. She's not going to orgasm or if she's the cheater, she might not orgasm because there's that fundamental break in that connection. In the original connection. In in the original connection. But it doesn't mean that the I've been listening to this really fast psychologist. It doesn't mean that the relationship is over. It just means the relationship has changed. And based on that change, new parameters, if you will, have to be established. New safeties.
1: Okay. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. But in my experience, if I've spent months and months and months holding something in that I can't tell my partner, who I perceive to be the most important person in my life. And, and I agree you loop, shouldn't be with them. You, then, yeah. like the question if I becomes... Can't, why
0: would you hold it in? That's where I go. Well, Why exactly. Would Why would it? I
1: hold it in? What What am I worried about? Am I worried about judgment? Am I worried that he'll leave? Am I worried that he'll stay and tease me about it? I think that that's important
0: because one of the gifts Jason gave me was from the earliest parts of our marriage, from the, like from day one, was unconditional acceptance in the bedroom. Now, that didn't mean we didn't fight about a whole lot of other stuff. But if I wanted to swing from the chandeliers wearing a baby diaper and a tiara, he was like, okay, where do we get the tiara? I mean, you
1: know, it never occurred really? to him. Really? Tiara was the one versus the diaper? I'm like, where the hell do we get the diaper? Because that Walmart, tiara's a little harder to find. Point we, is. we will disagree on certain points. I don't have a child. I've never had a child. A tiara is very easy for me to find. <laughs>
0: I think you should wear in the bathtub, but that's another story. You have to be willing. It is a very vulnerable space to say to your partner, like we're going to this kink convention in, 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 uh, in a couple of days, and it's a very vulnerable space to say to your partner, hey, this turns me on. Hey, I like being spanked or I like nipple clamps or I like whatever it is or I like spanking or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, Sex is yeah, one of the that's, things. That's, that's, why we're that's, having why we, that's
1: exactly what I was saying. That's the whole point of us doing this is just to kind of bring it to the forefront and make it less taboo because it shouldn't be taboo on the basis that is, it is one of the fundamental building blocks of a relationship. And it the fact is, that people yes. can't talk about it is why, we're doing this. And, and it's why the
0: house falls down. First of all, you should know that Jason went to high school with the same 63 kids he went to kindergarten with. So every one of his friends is a lifelong friend. OK, but he's got this lifelong friend who he and his wife don't have sex. And when they do, it is on a schedule. Uh, whatever the schedule is, they determined for themselves every other day, every three days, whatever it is. Right. Well,
1: like we've, we've picked it up on the calendar. That's like on the exactly bridge. like it's part of my
0: to do list. Wait, oh, did I blow my husband today? Yep, checkbox. Okay, which is different than making sex a priority. So, no, because That's just... And Jason and I will say to each other, you know, hey, agenda tonight. That's kind of our internal language of our culture to say, you know, we haven't been connecting. We're both wanting to put this on the agenda. How about tonight? Work for you, Works for me. And that means that we will both end our days, whatever time we're going to end them, and focus on what we need to focus on to get ourselves to that place to connect, which yeah. is a vastly different thing than saying, so it's Tuesday. It. Yeah,
1: it's Tuesday. We're scheduling at four this o'clock. to happen. Yeah.
0: Which, no, no, I think scheduling is fine. But I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's the energy that you bring to the schedule. So what I mean is sometimes when, when, our, when we were raising our son, life got really busy. We were building businesses, all that kind of stuff. So sometimes it was, Hey, Tuesday, four o'clock, you and me, let's make it happen. And it was just that time to prioritize us. But what I'm saying is it's a different feeling in the relationship, the orgasms are different. The feelings are different. The results of the relationship are different. If the priority is to connect,
1: not to check the box that we did. Yeah, exactly. Like we've just done it. Like we need to have 16 orgasms this year. We're on 12th. Exactly. It's October. Exactly. It's okay. October.
0: We Better step it up. So I think you're right. I think orgasms
1: are fundamentally
0: when we orgasm, we spill out oxytocin, which is the same chemical. We mm. spill out when we have a baby all that ooey gooey love feeling that moms have when they have kids, that same shit spills out when we have an orgasm and that's dangerous. That's dangerous for women.
1: Yes. But the point is some moms don't have that.
0: Okay. Hold on. We're not going to go there, but listen to me just a minute. Yeah, This is dangerous for women. And this goes back to the fear of women letting go, put it in perspective. You're a dude. I'm a chick. We meet at a bar. We have a one night stand. I have an orgasm because something in me has decided I trust your ass and I have an orgasm and now I'm fucking stupid because I have all of these love feelings for you because I think you're the coming of the next Messiah when really all it is, is I got drenched in my own oxytocin chemicals. And I think that is part of the reason that women are so reluctant, inherently reluctant to relax into people that they don't know very well.
1: But at the same time, Like I'm going to be that person that you shouldn't necessarily relax into people you don't know so well.
0: Hmm. hundred percent agreement. But the point is why do women sometimes not have orgasms with men? They barely know, or men they've known a little bit of time. Are we biologically wired to know that when we do that, we're feeling lots of loving. And that's why women lose their fucking mind over one night stands, by the way.
1: Yeah. You see, we need to talk about one night stands and maybe we do it in the next podcast because I've never actually had one. Well, then you clearly, <laughs> well, I'm sure we can cover that in the next podcast or, or another pretty podcast. Sure. Let's say that. Let's, let's say that, discuss in podcast. that at FedCon. So, and so it, many people can be like, what the what? actual fuck? Well, I, well, so there's
0: actually a lot of people who've had him and a lot of people who haven't, but let's, let's pretend it's not a one night stand. Let's pretend she's been dating him for two weeks or whatever. The point is when you do not want to fall too fast, too hard for someone you barely know, it certainly does make it difficult for you to want to have an orgasm with them.
1: No, of course, because there is that inability to disconnect again. Yes. Yes. All right. So as we
0: kind of wrap this up today, what did we accomplish today? First of all, I have no anxiety. Now I can make my (laughs) tribe aware that, you know, I was having a brief moment. And Um,
1: brief moments are completely allowed and are usually actually wonderful experiences. If you get to talk to someone about them.
0: They're always way better. Monsters live in the dark, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And then we know that we're speaking at FETCON on the 10th of August 10th at of 6 August, o'clock 6 in o'clock. St. Petersburg.
1: We, oh, <laughs> we do have a beautiful poster as well so that anyone who yes. goes onto the FETCON website, I presume it's probably going to be up there in the next few weeks.
0: So I don't know if our ad will be on the FETCON website. Our session is on there. Or in the brochure. But our ad is going to be in the brochure, but I'm going to, I'm actually going to upload it onto our website. So it's present on our website as well. So people can see it. And we talked about orgasms and why women can't have them and how to have them better. And I will put a link to, uh, She Comes First in there. I'm telling you, I learned so much about my vagina in the first two chapters of that book.
1: No, and you know what? That, like, I'm super excited about that because like you heard my first comment. I was like, wait, that book was written by a man?
0: Mm-hmm. He really does a nice job. Now, I've heard he's got a book out. I just saw it. I haven't read it. He, he comes next, I think, is what the name of it is. I don't know anything uh, about the, it. but were, The used, The user. The reviews are not as good, so let me say that. I don't know. I haven't read the book. I can't speak to it, but, but what I've read online so far, the reviews are not as good. But, you know, I don't think a sequel usually is ever any better than the original.
1: Listen, it's a completely different bloody topic, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, men, at the end of the day, can kind of always make themselves come. And what happens with men is that their coming is always on a scale of 1 to 10. So he can have a 1 orgasm or he can have a 10 orgasm. The point is he always has an orgasm but they don't always have an orgasm. You just talked well, about that. Uh, the sausage in the sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Sausage in, the, yeah, in, the, yeah, the, sausage in the, the hallway. Yeah. But when, so. but when they do, there is a scale mm-hmm. and their scale is quite almost like more vast than ours. Because by the time you get me to the point of having an orgasm, it's probably between a seven and a 10. True. True. I agree with that. It, yeah. It's not a one and a 10. Like I'm not having like a two. No, who had no women don't have to. like don't I'm, I'm never having twos. a two. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we
0: have twos. No. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay,
1: oh <my God. laughs> so what like, I don't think we have what twos. Well, we get out of here <laughs> right.
0: okay so let's get out of here because you've got a pack and because you, you're going to get on a flight because we're going to be speaking soon and you oh. need to get ready for that okay as we get out of here today if you're gonna do it once my god do it twice And if you're gonna do it twice take fucking photos <laughs> <laughs> it's the two hour orchids reminding you to stay tuned in and stay tuned on